Stuffy, I thought that meant that. Stuffy just, you know, means like a lack of air movement. Stuffy is not inherently sexual. Okay. Stuffy is, in fact, very unsexual. I am rolling. Okay, good. Are you confusing Stuffy with, like, steamy? Yeah. Are you confusing Stuffy with, like, hot and heavy? Yeah, I am. I mean, I feel oh, okay. I feel stuffy right now with COVID, so I think I'm... Right, yeah, you're very stuffy in the traditional sense, in the... In the in the very clogged sinus sense, a feeling I remember all too well. And I think I find God. COVID. The first time I watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend all the way through, yeah, I th- was COVID. I think I feel that stuffy and steamy is synonymous because I feel mm. stuffy right now from COVID, and it was like two years of foreplay until I got COVID, uh-huh. which makes it okay sexy. That's a long game. Yeah, that's a real that's a real careful play. I was edging for two years before I finally got it. Wow. I mean, that's so brave of you to, to finally get COVID. That's so, you know, and you're being so fashionably late to the COVID party. I mean, that's just that, that you're making a statement, you know? Yeah. And I'm you're, transgender, you're so saying, I'm already brave. And then on top yeah, of you're that. You're so brave. Mm-hmm. And this truly is like, you're making it, you're, you are, te- you are telling the world, like, this is not over. No, I'm making a political statement using my platform um, by getting you're, COVID yeah. now. I'm like Absolutely. kind of bookending the Tom Hanks starting it, and then me as a trans person being here yeah. now, being like, you know what? It's still a yeah. thing, y'all. Don't let them. It's still a thing, y'all. Don't let them fool you. Don't let. Don't let. Don't listen to Chet. Listen to Tom two years ago. Listen to Cat right now. Yeah. You know. Also, it's, it's you're using your body as protest, like the monks that protested Vietnam by setting themselves on fire. Speaking of, this is as impactful as that. Speaking of. Speaking of. I, Speaking of exactly, I am one year on testosterone today. Woo! Woo. And I hit woo, woo, woo. five years sober and started puking in November, which I wow. think was baby COVID. Also, it just didn't show up on a test. And now, to yesterday, Friday the thirteenth, baby COVID is the worst mascot we've come up with in the last like few years. Like this little sick baby with an old like see-through thermometer sticking out of his <laughs> sticking out of his mouth and that thing is full full of mercury i lost connection at sick baby but you found it again you found connection once again at sick baby listen i just did a riff as if there was an advertising mascot for covid who was a little baby who had a little thermometer sticking out of its mouth and and it was all red and it was full of mercury and maybe they had that little like cold pack on their head you know what i mean yeah that's COVID baby. Every time I celebrate some anniversary right now, instead of like a fun little party, it's like a baby version of COVID. And I just don't really know spiritually what that means. Other than I think yeah. it's like further proof that we do have a punishing God and he's homophobic. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's finally been settled 
it's Old Testament God is is the one that we all have to stick around, right? Like we've we've it's Old Testament God. We were like, oh, is it you know Jesus is, this, is so is forgiving? This, yeah. You know, is yeah. it this? Is it that? Like, what is what is the true nature of religion? And it is Old it Testament is, God who will turn your ass into a pillar of a pillar of salt. I tried some gay you on ones. The very spot. I tried some gay higher powers, and I'm I'm still holding on to one of them, but it's just kind of annoying that mm-hmm. there's this other. Like, I get the whole angel devil shoulder thing now because there's definitely mm. that kind of dynamic going on. Like, I have like a whimsical queer higher power, but. Also, yeah. I can't ignore that there's also this punishing. Like, I get what the Catholics were going for. I didn't believe in it, but now I'm like, hmm, there, there's enough data here. There's enough evidence. I've, I've done some digging, and there is enough evidence that, uh, again, we are still in the... I guess we're all Jewish then. Sure. So that's, that's fun, yeah. especially for these episodes that we're about to talk about. Good segue. You know, we, we, we ha- thank you. We have a good, we have a good relevant... Uh, perspective on on events as as two Gentiles. Are you going to um, do a little song, or are you going to cut a little song in here? Do you want me to do it right now? I've, I always want you to do it, especially at the top. Okay. Cat, uh, don't die. Mm-hmm. Please just live forever. Cat, mm-hmm. don't die. Mm-hmm. Let's podcast together. Mm, this is nice. I know you have the COVID thing, and it will make your ears ring. Mm-hmm. But I just need you with me right now, mm-hmm. but not in person. <laughs> I need you over Skype. Mm-hmm. I need you recording your end. I need you to be my friend. Oh, wife, I thought is where I was going. Nope, cat. Don't <laughs> die. Please just do this podcast. Cat, don't die. Just sit down on your ass. It's time to talk about crazy ex-girlfriend and with my crazy current friend and then that car chimes in perfectly <laughs> um can i just say I, a few things um yeah about please. about that song um uh-huh. one beautiful two thank you me as me a straight cisgender <laughs> can you believe <laughs> no one wanted to start a musical improv team with me no. Doesn't that just, like, break your heart? But I'm not done. I'm not done with this okay, review. Okay, I'm so sorry. Um, I think you've really evolved in all these years. Like, usually you go for, so. like, kind of this, like, upbeat, up-tempo, like, I am something and something, something. I am something sure. and something. And this, you went for, like, a slow ballad. You went for, like, you really, like, leaned into, like, the Paula of it. Um, and Thank I think, I feel you. like, yes. yeah, it was definitely informed by the episode mm-hmm seven um but yeah wow my my usual improv songs are very like 90s rap you know it's like yeah. and here i come and i got my friends yes <laughs> and, you know the good times never end yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to branch out a little this bit this is more. yeah this is like really i feel <laughs> i feel really held and uh good, lucky good. and also I forget how long you try to do these songs until longer than I should until we're a couple seconds in. And I realize mm-hmm. this is not a 16 bar audition. This is 
this this is an effort for a full song. I'm trying to do a small, you know, one minute song. You know, I'm trying to improv and and uh, you know the musical improv. They'll teach you the first thing, like keep it simple. Don't try don't try and be impressive with your lyrics because you will fail. You just need to find. They will be so impressed if you can pull anything off at all that like just keep it simple and they'll love it. So then, why do find- you? Are you trying to defy I, because, that? Because of my hubris. <laughs> <laughs> because because I am, you know, in the in the Greek tragedy, if the Oresteia were about me, it would be instead because I, like, <laughs> I fucking, I just, I got too big for my britches every single time. Yeah, who's my who's be- those, those Greek, who's the fandom of the tragedies? Raise it. Give us. Sound off. Sound off. Air horn. Yeah. Drop a emoji if you're a. Yep. Yeah, I was checking. I was checking how many Greek tragedies I have on my shelf. Um, Damn. I, it looks like two. I didn't know this was a thing of yours. Um, I wouldn't call it a thing, but you know, I I took various you know playwriting courses and things like that. And if I and they make you buy like three hundred small little books, you know, full of plays. And if I liked them, I held on to them. So I have, I have, I have uh, Antigone by Sophocles, which is my my favorite of the Greek tragedies. I also have a remake of that play, um, which was which was done in France in the lead up to the Nazi occupation, and they re they they took this this classic Greek play and they recapitulated it into being like a you we we all have to take a platform of involvement as this thing is rising. Like it was a message to the people of 1930s France to, to stand up to, to the rising Nazi force at the time. Um, and I also have the Oresteia by Aeschylus, which is the only surviving trilogy. I of always pronounced it Aeschylus. You know, you're, you're probably right. No, I don't think but, I am. Um, okay. Yeah. But Aeschylus, um, the, the Horace Aya, um, the, and, and the other two plays that are, <laughs> that are in there. But yeah. I, so I know a little, I love a Medea. I love a obviously. Medea. Yeah. There was love like a, a really Medea. hot girl in high school who played a really intense hot Medea. Hi, Hattie. Thanks for being Hi. a friend of the pod. I don't we think she even follows me. Um, I don't. I didn't know I was gay for her, as is the theme every time I talk about someone in high of school. Course. I'm like, I didn't of know course. I was gay for you, but looking back, damn, yes, I was. Very gay. Very gay for you. Yes, I was. Um, Undo P. Also, I disassociated the entire time you were describing those tragedies, and I just caught myself, but I hope that the listeners enjoyed it. And welcome to COVID brain fog. This is sort of like a case study for any scientists listening. I mean, we all remember my COVID brain fog, right? Because it was was four days of doing nothing but watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So it feels right that I'm here with you now. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. It feels, uh, honestly, like this feels circuitous and the podcast can end now. Mm-mm. We've done it. We've reached the logical end point of no, our character arc. Much like Hamill Minute, it'll never end. It'll never end. And um, and then I kind of waffled. I, I had trouble finding the next thing to focus my brain on. But that was also at the point where, like, okay, after Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, I kind of had enough strength to, like, sit up and do work in my COVID hotel room. Um, so there was less time where I was just watching things. Uh, I did end up getting out my Nintendo Switch, replaying Pokemon Shield, and watching 
very, very, very long videos by this guy named Quentin Reviews where he go he went through the entirety of iCarly and Victorious wow. and talked about those experiences cool. while I was playing Pokemon. So I was really in a spot. And then at the end, uh, I kind of caught on to the first few episodes of Secession. And I was like, this is a good show. I should keep watching this. I should keep <laughs> watching this. Um, so I've seen the first season of Secession. I, and that was my COVID journey. I love Succession. I just hung out with some youths recently. Some bright-eyed, bushy-tailed youths. The youths. Who, Huey, can you just enjoy being with me instead? Because I really don't want to let you out. I don't want to wrestle this podcast, Mike. There's a lot going on for me. Don't. Just chill. Um, Huey is my cat. And yes. not my partner. What was it? Until that witch cast that magic spell. <laughs> he kind of looks like Salem from uh, the sitcom Laugh Track, Sabrina. Sabrina. So it's a robot cat. It's a very poorly There's animated a good chance. robot There's a good cat. chance that he's a freaky it's robot a cat. Really- it's a really <laughs> jankily done robot that like never a very sharp difference a good between chance. when it is moving and when it is not. It's <laughs> a really good chance that that is what my cat is. Good, perfect. Yeah. I love that. He's he's built because he was on three years of tea before he was deballed, and he probably has hundreds of kids out in these streets of Brooklyn in the five boroughs. And he always, he's always making this sound. <laughs> he is. I remember actually. the cat doing that a lot. Oh, great! <laughs> it's more like. It's kind of like a quack, actually. You might listeners might be able to hear it. Um, I don't so remember awful. what These I was saying before. I'm gonna need a lot of reminders for this pod. You were hanging out with the youths. Oh yeah, and they they had, they had yeah. to write spec scripts for like some of my favorite shows. Um, nice, because my grad professor is actually secretly my third cousin, but she was teaching <gasps> undergrads at Tisch. And so I asked her to do an independent study with me, thinking that she would get a bunch of extra money through my school. Turns out they kind of ripped her off, but we had fun. And then her undergrad class at Tisch are the dramatic writing students, and they got to write spec scripts where I wrote a pilot. And so they wrote spec scripts of um, Succession and Pen15 and Sex Education and Euphoria and some others. And it was really fun hearing about what people chose to do for their spec scripts for uh, Succession. Oh, he's going to try to open the door. He doesn't know that he can't open the door from the inside, but he can open the door from the outside, which is haunting, especially at night. Um, yeah. Okay, I'm going to free him one second. Yeah, free the cat. Pause for free the Free cat. the pussy. Uh, much like Save the Cat, a terrible screenwriting book. Wow, yes, yeah, a terrible screenwriting book by a terrible screenwriter. Hey, listeners out there, maybe you, you bought Save the Cat in an attempt to learn how to do screenplays, and I'm not here to judge you, but, like, throw that shit back in the trash where it belongs. I'm just saying, like, that 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 book is better used as kindling than as advice for screenwriting. Yeah, that's, that's my personal that advice is what to you. Most people, that is what most people say, but I did kind of teach it to some students who hated yeah. reading literature. I was just like, let's look at screenwriting then, which they enjoyed a little more. Um, sure. Also, if you're, I don't want to alienate you if you're neurotypical listening to this podcast, but this particular episode is more informed by a very ADHD perspective um, mm. as I spiral and spiral. So hopefully that's an insight. Um, the tangential nature of my brain, and I don't want to alienate you if you're neurotypical, you're very brave. Um, yeah. It's tough out there being balanced 
Yeah. It's tough out there when your brain worked good. Yeah. I feel for you. That's all right. Let's talk about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. A? Yeah. I won't object to that. All right. So let's start with season one, episode seven. I'm so happy that Josh is so happy. Directed by Lawrence Trilling. Written by Sono Patel. In this episode that aired one day before my... 23rd birthday? Uh, Valencia and Josh are finally moving in together, and this sends Rebecca into a spiral, uh, which prevents her from uh, getting her job done with uh, White Feather and Associates' new uh, prospective big business uh, with Calvin Young, played by special guest star Cedric Yarborough. Uh, so, with Rebecca out of commission and talking to a fantasy version of Dr. Phil and taking pills she found on the ground and almost going to therapy um paula is left to take care of calvin and there does seem to be a spark between these two folks um i will say at the outset of this episode good for cedric yarborough for getting this kind of like look at this hot irresistible man treatment two episodes in a row you know what like i'm cedric yarborough who i suppose is best known as one of the the cops on reno 911 you know a job that is going on like 20 years of steady employment for him um i just don't feel like he usually gets posited as like look at this hunky man and to which i say good for him yeah With, like the vo- he, he carries himself very well he's very smooth uh, uh talker he's a man of sophistication and i'm like i get it I'm happy for him. Yeah. I, good for you, buddy. I, I commented in my uh, thought stream of texts to you so I could remember. Yeah, I was getting a sort of live tweet direct to yeah, my phone. Yeah, because I knew I wouldn't, I wouldn't remember. I don't have short-term memory. Um, I said, I love when they make an average-looking dude hot with music. And that they should also do that with women. But non-binary people are always hot, so they don't need to do that. Um, right, of course. But, yeah, they don't actually do that with women as much. They don't have, like, a not stereotypical beauty standard woman walking in with like sexy music to indicate that she's sexy. Yeah, what they usually do is more like what they did with like Valencia's introduction, right? Where she obviously is like a, an unbelievably gorgeous person and they're throwing the wind and they're they're doing the the, you know, slow-mo sexy music and it's just uh yeah, they don't they don't um I don't know, Cedric Garber Cedric Garborough you know, yeah, if you put him next to, like, a, a an Idris Elba is not maybe on that level. But if you, like, walked into, like, a party with regular people and you saw him, you're like, oh, that's a that's a good-looking guy. Yeah, that's I, a good-looking chap. I guess. I think I would just think of him as, like, yeah, that's a dad that works at a bank and good for him. Hot dad. Hunky dad. I didn't know Dilf. the Reno thing. Um, where, What do you think the connection was? Like, who in the show is he connected to to book this Oh, how does he end up there? That's an excellent question. Because um, he's been around forever. Now I need to. They could to pick look up a little anybody, bit. and he clearly isn't like a super. Well, I don't know actually, yeah. but he doesn't seem like a singer. And I know that they like pick off like singers sometimes, but like Heather can't sing. He doesn't seem like he no. can sing, and so it's like, well, you didn't come from that, so I wonder what the connection yeah, is. Because like a hundred and twenty-four episodes of Reno Nine One One. Brave. That started in 2003, uh, as well as multiple films. So that is that is the big sort of uh, uh, raking in. Oh, he also played... Are you a BoJack Horseman person? I am, in a complicated way. Sure, as we all are. He played the the 
cop who is a cat yes. and speaks in the low voice. He played Officer Meow Meow Fuzzy Face. Oh my god, I love uh, it. I don't one like cops, of my favorite fucking characters on on BoJack Horseman. Um, I don't know. If yeah, I don't know. I think it was. With, I guess he's just. I think it was with Jace. I don't think it was with you. But I was so tickled when I was watching BoJack by um, Peanut what pe- Peanut Butter, Mister Peanut Butter, Mister Peanut Butter. Oh my I god! For peanut some butter. reason, I was so tickled by his stupid dad humor, and he was he was a highlight for me. Even though it's like an obvious, I don't know what it was. I just was like, no, so... Mr. Peanut Butter is my favorite, most beautiful boy, voiced by Paul F. Tompkins, iconically, just so funny. What a what a what a what a himbo, classic himbo, Mr. Peanut Butter, uh, from the television show BoJack Horseman. Somebody named their cat after Princess Caroline, but I don't remember who it was. Somebody in my life. That's an excellent choice, though. Good call. Yeah. Oh well, it'll come. Oh back. well. Oh, we'll never know. Back. It's coming back to me now. That's me stalling to open up my uh, notes. Okay, so... Great, yeah. I love stalling with some meatloaf. I really enjoyed a lot of the writing at the beginning of this episode. Um, I loved mm-hmm. the writing of this episode more than the following episode, actually. The mom episode, not didn't love sure. the writing. This one, I loved the writing because it like cold opens with um, Twilight, and I peer pressured my therapist to watch Twilight when she had COVID, and then uh, I like Twilight and uh, Caitlyn Jenner uh, referenced as an American hero, which was yeah that did uh, a not joke age. That has aged perfectly. Yeah, I was like that uh, one a did joke not. that is exactly the same now as it as when it was made in 2015. I also liked um, ghosts are obsessed with me, and mm-hmm. I agree. Um, that is funny. I, That's a, <laughs> that is a funny perspective to have. Yeah. And uh, I've been writing about ghosts for a few years now, so I always kind of tune in when I hear ghosts. I, too, want to be close to a Taco Bell. Always. I was also just captured by her eyes, uh, Rachel's eyes in this. Uh, there was a mm. shot where I was just like, wow, I could really fall into those. Um, <laughs> and then... Those lipid pools. And then I noticed the Alice in Wonderland theme, but, like, it was, it was I was impressed with how it was sprinkled. And I... Why did she just have loose vodka already in her office? That is that is a not uncommon thing in an office culture. I think is the is the stash really um, is the tucked away. And some offices have a uh, happy hour Fridays sort of thing where at like four p.m. on Friday they get out like a bottle of wine or something for everyone to to have some of uh, because we've built work culture in such a way that it's so insufferable that you literally need to drink while doing it. You know, like uh, everyone needs to live their, their personal Mad Men fantasies, having not paid attention to how Mad Men was like, this is bad. Uh, the only... it's, yeah, I, I would say that's actually fairly common. I didn't really blush at that. I um, The only Mad Men thing that I have since I don't drink and I didn't enter the office workforce until I was sober, so I don't have that. The only thing is I've recently started fucking the secretary of a meeting that I regularly attend as if I'm the boss. Congratulations. Yes, I feel very madman about that. Yeah, you should feel madman about that. You're the maddest man I know. <laughs> Mad. Wild. Crazy. Unhinged. The show Mad Men literally opens with like a white text on black that says like in the 60s advertising men on Madison Avenue were uh, so powerful and they called themselves Mad Men. They came up with the term. And it took me years after watching that to go like, 
Oh, the MAD stands for Madison. Oh. oh, it stands for Madison Avenue. And the show literally opens with like white text on black saying like they worked on Madison Avenue. Okay, but they still. called themselves Mad Men. No. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm too dumb for Mad Men no. is what we've yeah. discovered is Mm-mm. what we learned. Well, Good show, but it's not streaming anywhere. There have been a couple times where I'm like, I'm finally going to do Mad Men. And it's like. Oh, it's just literally, like, not available. I'd have to throw down, like, 200 bucks on, like, a complete Blu-ray set <laughs> to to journey into the world of Mad Men, the Madison Men. My sibling is really deep into Mad Men. Also, hometown hero, um, John Hamm. I met him in eighth grade when he was, like, at the beginning of his Mad Men arc. He was like, wow. yeah, I went to high school here, and I did theater, and if you keep doing theater, then you could end up like me on Mad then Men. you can be on Mad Men. And I gave him a hug. And I thought he would be you, in love with me, but I was in eighth grade and I had braces, so we know that's yeah, not true. So, you know, Matt, hey, John Ham. John Ham was pulling adults at that point, I think. Hopefully. When he taught at, like, Fort Zumwalt North or whatever, like, he, you know, that, that part of his arc. <laughs> when he was, like, literally a theater teacher in one of the schools that I used to run, like, track and cross country against. He also went to uh, my middle school, high school, when he was th- that age, in the 80s. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to talk about Sexy French Depression, because I remember that being one of my favorite songs at the time that I watched the show. Uh-huh, but the way you phrased that makes it sound like maybe you've had a turnaround on that? Well, n- I don't think so. I just feel insecure about how I feel about songs now, because we have to, like, battle royale at the end of each episode about, like, of course, of how course. the song is and what, and it's kind of an intimidating yeah. way to to view mm-hmm. songs um i think these two songs might not i don't want you to worry about that when we're discussing the episode proper that's an arbitrary thing we do at the end of the episode that if it becomes too stressful we can stop <laughs> doing it anytime i want to remind you that like we can just stop doing it uh you're i i do love that you part of your messages to me were like wow this is just stock footage of paris and i was like mm-hmm, yeah. I didn't know when this. i had covid brain and i was watching it though i was like they shot this in paris did they, did they go to paris yeah i really looked <laughs> at I it i was like day one of covid and i was like barely alive i was like wow they went to Paris. yeah i i and then watching it now i'm like this is a fucking green screen i had to interrogate watching it because my default is they went to paris but now i'm like so immersed and like they had a budget episode or season one and they didn't have a budget season yeah. two that now i'm like paying attention to like how they shoot things which is a yeah. weird way to watch a show and Sorry. that's but they did do a shot that i think was in my favorite so pretentious what i'm about to say my favorite french new wave movie um cleo from five to seven cleo from five to seven a great movie i think they did a, a shot movie. either it's it's classically french new wave or it was in that movie mm, it's a ref but they, it's a reference they do like a zoom in of her and she kind of has the whole french new wave vibe going and i just yeah. really loved it oui. chocolat yeah <laughs> Though it was funny that they didn't translate any of the French, and she just kind of was vibing. Oh, it did for me. Really? When I when I watched it on Netflix, the French had full subtitles. Yeah. Maybe it's because I don't watch with other subtitles? I do. I do. See, I, I don't. That's so, how I like, the maybe that's why it was translated for me when, when they talked about buying, like, a book about John Wayne Gacy online. Uh, Jean Wayne Gacy online okay. uh, is how is how she sings it, but it was subtitled for me. I was only getting half of the experience, and I still loved it. 
Hey folks, TV's Kevin Lanigan here, uh, with a little interruption, which is not something I really do, a little editorializing, but apparently this subtitles thing is like a thing with Netflix now, because I saw recently, there's an episode of Community, season one, episode three, uh, introduction to film, where uh, Abed converses with his father in Arabic, and ever since the episode first aired, that Arabic conversation has been subtitled. They've provided you everything that they say, but it's just two characters speaking in Arabic saying something important, and Netflix removed those subtitles. So if you're watching with English subtitles, it now says speaking in Arabic, where like they literally would have had to like go into the episode and specifically remove those subtitles, which is such a fucked up and bizarre way to run your Netflix. Great company. <laughs> Great company. Um, never does anything weird or specific or wrong. Uh, obviously really cares about the art that is up on its platform because, I mean, of course you care about the art on your platform. Otherwise, you uh, wouldn't do something this fucking stupid. Um, so, yeah, apparently this is a thing. Hopefully they fix it soon. Um, let's get a hashtag trending. If you are mad about the subtitles thing, uh, hashtag Netflix subtitles thing is bad. Okay, great. Uh, I'm going to send you back to the episode now, but that didn't even occur to me while we were recording. And I was like, this is a a thing now that Netflix is doing. And uh, it sucks. Netflix, bad company. Uh, anyway, enjoy paying uh, $35 a month for Netflix so they can produce um, eight Stranger Things movie-length episodes. Um, yeah, and anyway, fix your fucking subtitles. Rude. <laughs> It also reminded well, yeah, me of drinking alone on the floor in Switzerland. And I had a very sexy French depression there as well. Yeah. I think if we had watched this, when did we record the last episode of this? One week ago? Two weeks ago? I think two weeks ago I with our special if, guest. Two weeks ago with our special guest. If we had tried to watch this episode, la I think it, wow, literally like last week. Um, depends on how what you count as Saturdays. But um, when I was, like, literally suicidal, I think this episode would have, like, destroyed me. It Do you know what I mean? Like, end. I think if we had... it would. I don't know. I don't think I would have... <laughs> I don't think it Dear would listeners, have motivated me. this is a BetterHelp ad. Feet. This is where we insert our BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a support network. I know it's that I therapy. feel... Online... We'll connect you with a therapist. Therapist. Uh, right to your phone. Right to your... If you're gay. And if you're not gay. And if... You know, we've had a long couple and of years. If you're religious, if you're not religious, and if you have any special identity, they will talk to you on the internet, and you will yeah, feel better. Yeah, talk to you on the internet. Me, I do a phone call, but they'll do video chat, or you can fucking text them. Yeah. Instead, yep. for an hour, if that works for you, if that's how you express yourself, good for you. This is an unpaid ad for BetterHelp, but we for just better want help. a content... Which uh, I am enrolled in, yeah. Content warning uh, suicidal. So that is our plug there. There are resources for you if you feel that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yes, but at that, like, at that, like, for all of this where it's like, oh, and she's going back to therapy, and she's so depressed she can't move, and, like, all these different elements of it, where I was like, God, if I had watched this last week, I would... It, I would not have been able to I think to it's cogently. yeah I think it's beautiful when you watch media 
when you're in the moment, but also beautiful when you watch it where you've just kind of you've just kind of evolved out of the tough like me yeah. watching Euphoria or watching these like drug addict teen shows. Like sometimes yes it's triggering. Other times I'm like, whoo, I got out. Whoo. Yeah. I feel a little better that I got out of there. Um Yeah. So I like when that happens. No, it's good. And like the uh, and and mental health and dealing with mental health and Rebecca's mental health is something that the show will go on to do uh, more and more essentially like without it becoming like an issue of the week sort of thing like a very special episode sort of thing but like and and it has been present since the pilot with like self-medicating and and you know all those uh, various other things but now we're really getting into like maintenance and day-to-day mental health and and uh, resources and therapy and prescriptions and i it is it is a thread that the show will continue to follow more more and more but this is like so recognizable to me what is what is happening here obviously i have not gotten really high with my next door neighbor and broken into my therapist's house and took a pill i pounded on the floor like i didn't do any of that, that. was really fun but it was really fun to see the high highs and the low low not funny i don't want to like glamorize mm-hmm. mental health but um yeah i liked the representation of the high highs and the low lows and i was really excited to see um the therapist i love that we got introduced to the therapist and I'm, I'm glad that we got That's heather back and I'm, I'm glad we have this therapist character because i love this therapist character and i love I love how, I mean, it just makes me feel like a gold star therapy client because I've never left a therapy session. Like I've never, I've never like in, in the middle just been like, bye. I don't even text during therapy. Sometimes I have friends who are like, sorry, I'm in therapy right now. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing texting me? Why are you messaging me? Yeah. Do not disturb. Don't don't talk to me about it. Yeah. This is not important. There's nothing more important than being in therapy. Even if someone died, like you should be in therapy while someone's dying that's where you need to be in that moment i don't know that's a hot take yeah um dr phil's favorite song is the ones with pretzels which adds to my pretzel conspiracy what is going on with the pretzels what is going on with the pretzels i think it you know her her mind is like a pretzel cat it's all twisted and 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 uh and salty and and boiled (laughs) and gluten uh i could really god this show makes you want a damn soft pretzel God, this show okay. makes you want to fucking go over to the grocery store and buy some fucking bakeable soft pretzels. I am gluten-free and I'm dairy-free, so I can't, but I want that for you. Also, I liked the, I need to be better by Monday because I used to make this joke. Mom dropped me off my to my first again. therapy session. I have no idea what that's And she's right like, now. okay, Could so. Could be anything. Oh, did we freeze? No, we're good. My, oh, you're back. Woo, okay. Um, you're my, back from Frozen starring Kristen Bell. Let it go, let it go. This is my COVID voice. One year on testosterone. Um, my mom dropped me off at my first therapy session, and afterwards wow. she was like, "Okay, so are we good now?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" And she was like, "Are you gonna? Do we have to go back?" And I was like, "Yeah." She suggested are you fixed? She, you're better by Monday. Right? And so it became an ongoing joke where after every time I go to therapy, I would come out and she'd be like, "How was it?" And I'd be like, "I'm cured." And now it's been ten years <laughs> of the same joke. You've been cured every time. It's a good. Uh, that's a good joke. And you know, it kind of goes in peaks and valleys of being funny. 
where like you know you you do it a lot and everyone's like oh, okay oh, okay and then it rebounds back into being funny yeah and it's funny for a while and then it's not ten year arc great. yeah absolutely it's like uh it's like Kristen Schaal is a horse it like you know it goes through these these peaks and valleys of whether or not it's funny back to peaks and valleys here we are the themes the motifs I hope you're all writing this down at home or wherever you there listen. will be a fucking test. <laughs> I hope Absolutely. you're writing this yes, down. We finally have Dr. Okopian, who I love. I love Dr. Okopian. I hope you're writing this down because I'm going to test you later. <laughs> exactly. um, I also... How's my Lynn? How's my Lynn coming? We did 50 episodes of Hamill Minute, <laughs> and I don't think I really nailed the Lynn. Um, oh, I reference Lynn later when we hear Caesar sing. I'm like, this is giving Hurricane in Hamilton. Yeah, you said that, and I'm curious. Is it because, like... It was the intonation. Okay. It was the vibe. <laughs> Is the sexy gonna do it song? <laughs> Is the sexy gonna do it song? Um, also, I noticed the Alice in Wonderland theme when she enters a space with... Well, she directly references it, but then the floor is, like, checkerboard tiled, and I was just like, she's really playing with something here. I think ah. she, I think she like, left the drink in there and was like, if I add this whimsical Alice in Wonderland theme, then it's, like suspension of disbelief is a little easier yeah also they break into it song seems like lot, so. dallas and wonderland theme sort of emerged organically and i appreciate how much they don't overblow it do you know what i mean yeah because like god have i seen a thousand like look alice in wonderland and like i get it i'm glad we're kind of out of that we had a vampire yeah, and then we really had an alice in wonderland glad. i always reference va- vampire when i'm talking about like themed eras like pirates vampires and yeah. um, Alice Wonderland was definitely one of them. Superheroes is forever, unfortunately. Not unfortunately. Sorry to Marvel fans. No, unfortunately. It's like, Kevin's come on, y'all. Let's let's pick a new one. It's time for something else. <laughs> let's go. Come on. Let's come up with something else. I'll take it anyway. I like that it's... Paula said that her husband is not much of a liquor, and that's all I needed to know. Like, tongue liquor. You're, can- you're canceled. Yeah. <laughs> you're done. Like a DJ Khaled, don't go down on your lady. Like, that's that's enough information for me. Yeah, when DJ Khaled said that, I only had one thing to say to him. Congratulations. You played yourself. (laughs) Also, I felt that Heather is my stoner alt reality. Had I stayed out in these streets, I think if I had maintained being alive, I think it would have looked like Heather stoned with that bong somewhere in California. Um, I played a character like that for you that never saw the light of day. And I remember I showed up being like, I'm method, I'm stoned. And you're like, cool. <laughs> Neat. We usually do this pretty sober, actually. Because <laughs> it helps us stay, like, cogent. Uh, but sick. Cool. Um, yeah, absolutely. So stoners, they're they're here to stay. And Heather is... Is this... This is like the second or third Heather appearance. We are still very light on on. That's what Heather I'm saying. I was so glad to Heather see her back. Heather and Valencia are really like occasionals. Yeah, I was really excited to see her back, and she was actually at her best. And I felt like this was yeah. kind of watching writers play with characters and like, yeah. who do we like? Who do we like to write play with? Even though I get annoyed when my favorites aren't all the time, I'm like, haven't you figured out by now? You have gold, but. Yeah. Right? Don't you? What else do you have going on besides <laughs> noticing that Heather is the best thing you got? <laughs> um, but you know, it does feel like, and I don't know about the contract, you know, reports of this, but like Heather doesn't even come in until episode three. 
I don't know when they animate the opening title sequence, which we've barely talked about at all so far on four episodes of this uh, podcast. Because with the Netflix show, you kind of just like... I don't skip it. How dare you? Okay. Well... I would never. I think there's two kinds of genders. No, I never skip a title sequence. And then I do. Not once. And that's the binary. The Crunchyroll does it right. They don't even ask you if you want to skip an anime title sequence, because of course you don't. Well, anime is Of course you're going to stick it out. Uh, But, you know, honestly, of the four Crazy Ex-Girlfriend opening title sequences, this is the one I would skip uh, on occasion. You know, I think it's just, it's a lot. Are they different every time? Yeah, every season there's a new one. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, so, but the, it is the same every time. And I appreciate how much in season one with this title sequence, almost every episode, they bother to set up the opening title sequence every week. You know, every, every week we move into the opening title sequence after someone goes like, so Rebecca, what's her deal? And it's like, I was working hard in the New York job. Make yeah. it open, it made me blue. <laughs> it's just, it's a lot. It's kind of like overbear. It's a lot of theater kid energy sort of <laughs> catapulting at you and the animated backgrounds and the sun and the, I don't like the, I don't like animated Greg. He's upsetting to me. You know, <laughs> like I just, I, I look forward to the other opening titles, which I like a lot more. But they don't, they stop doing it after like a cold open. So Netflix will often skip it automatically and you won't even have a chance to look at them most episodes unless you intentionally scroll back. Okay. Because they do it before the previously ons. This is disgusting. This is good. Disgusting. This is good. This is something stuff that I skipped. Yeah, I did the, the, the backwards. Anyway, we will uh, cross these bridges when we come to them months and months and years and years from now. And, um, but yeah, I, I appreciate this storyline for Rebecca. I appreciate that it ends with her getting help, but also this episode did not radically change who she was as a person. So she is still falling back into bad old patterns. She is not suddenly, um, Re- actually ready to be quote unquote fixed. Do you know what I mean? I really, like she is still like yeah. throwing the the therapy out the window for Josh immediately. Like I want despite to the fact want that she to be better. Therapy. Yeah, I want to, yes. I want to want to, but I'm not quite the willing. But and unfortunately, and, that requires a lot of work. And and all the sober sayings, the cliches that I've had to pick up over the years. One of them is I want the willingness to be willing to do that. Whoa. Whoa. I want you to want me. Uh, yeah, absolutely. No, I need you to need it's me. Good. Um yeah. I like okay, wait, question. Um Karen. Yeah. Uh Karen, what do you think of her? I gotta say, and I mean no disrespect to that actor, you know, who I knew from like Mad TV a hundred years ago. Oh yeah. Of the White Feather and Associates office regulars. That's yeah. She that might be my least yeah. favorite because um, she's again just like a lot. But every so often, last week we didn't talk about it at all. The end tag of of last week where she's reviewing a menstrual cup on YouTube and she says, "My cup runneth over." Not good. <laughs> I don't. I think funny. I blocked it out. Oh, yeah. Okay. I. I guess I just like block out when she's on screen i didn't realize even did that wait let's talk about this trope a little more though did you ever like toby in the office jerry in parks and rec 
Did you I like these characters? No, my one of my least favorite tropes is the character everyone hates. Me too. And, and on like Parks and Rec, it just like didn't make fucking sense that all of these characters who are so like supposed to be so kind and syrupy and they just like hate this one guy it's so off-putting i don't know what it does i'm trying to pay attention to i don't know what it adds besides allowing like the show to get suddenly very mean when when so many shows are like nicey nice in a certain way um it adds like a punch where you're looking for i don't know what it does like it clearly serves some function in terms of like moving things along to be able to be like shut up blank i guess it's like an easy joke but like i don't like it It allows like the writers to vent their various frustrations with types of people um i don't usually hate the character that it is happening to because i like jerry on parks and rec he's like a he's a fun funny character i know it actually toby i have no opinion about i have never held an opinion about toby um but the i don't like characters who are just like their definition is weird you know like it's uh, like all karen is is capital w weird and that is her whole definition um that isn't interesting to me that's not funny to me um there are so many characters on the show who are funny and and uh feel like lived in and all these other things and karen is just like and suddenly a mad tv character is here and and, and suddenly (laughs) mad tv just showed up and I, I don't like it when Mad TV shows up. I used to turn that show off halfway through to watch Saturday Night Live. I don't like when Mad TV shows up. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I thought something and it's gone. The Slippy Socks uh, activity I thought was funny only because it reminded me of Grippy Socks. And the Slippy mm. Socks to Grippy Socks pipeline was an idea I wanted to explore in terms Thank of you. mental health. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to speak more? I would love for you to explore it because I don't. What's a grippy sock? I don't know what that (gasps) means. Oh, you were so close to knowing the grippy sock life. Um, It is for people who have been institutionalized for mental breakdowns and (laughs) they give you grippy socks when you're in the hospital. And so there's lots of memes now of different like couture looks with grippy socks um because uh-huh. you know tiktok is kind of normalized like mental illness and neurodivergence and so mm. people are more open to f- being in community and making jokes and like and like sober memes and stuff about their time at uh mental institutions mm. and one of the one of the staples is the grippy socks and a lot of people enjoy them and they think fondly they're like oh i miss those grippy socks because you can't wear shoes so they give you these grippy socks gotcha gotcha yeah Yeah. okay so slippy socks to grippy socks pipeline the pipeline yeah so you're saying that but the pipe for it to be a pipeline wearing slippy socks has to then lead to you being institutionalized mentally (laughs) well no spoilers oh okay (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm going to get institutionalized mentally (laughs) That's no the spoiler <laughs> no but you would have had last week gone further you might have had a more intimate mm, yeah yeah more with the grippy socks. socks i almost could have become a real grippy sock sort of guy if last yeah you would have you would have been able to buy into the joke i think i did three pretty good 
podcast appearances for again a guy who was <laughs> who was really not doing well. I, I don't think, think I did you need great. to. Yeah, I think you did great, and also you didn't have to do anything at all. You That's, know true i think it was good that i had something you know kind of like rebecca in this episode where she's like no if i'm not working i have to think yes (laughs) i I wrote that down too i was like that's why i like experience i ever know or recognize i got i got exposed to covid the day of my last final on monday and now it's saturday and therefore i was like wow i don't get to experience what's after this semester because I'm now quarantining. And yeah. so I'm like, mom, let me do data entry for your interior design job. Like, Ma. Kevin, let's do a podcast. Like, I don't like yeah. not working because then I have to think. No, thank yeah. you. Yeah. No, that's why I'm always drumming up new uh, film projects and podcasts and, and going back to doing comics and things because, like, mm, life's not going so great. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, gotta, gotta keep those, gotta keep those wheels going. Gotta, 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 don't allow yourself to think and live in the moment. Although tomorrow I do have to, uh, my therapist specifically requested me to write out all of my, uh, resentments of my father. So that's going to take all day. That's cute. Cute little women writing process. You know, like remember the montage at the end of little women where she's writing little women. That's me. I'm like moving pages around and Laura Dern is bringing me lunch. Well, you know how everyone says 12 step like colloquially, but they don't know what that means. Um, Yeah. Step four of the 12 steps is doing that is writing all your resentments towards like, particular people in your life Mm. so that's actually it's called an inventory and that's kind of what you're doing (laughs) wow fun it's not fun a lot of people actually relapse on that step yeah i'm not gonna like it no Um, but you can text me when it's happening because it's good to talk to other people while you're doing it okay good uh, you know, I'm gonna keep it pretty like uh, general, but uh, yeah, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna make it <laughs> general. Work. He sucks. Now he's dead. That was weird. What? <laughs> That's the. Sorry, was that a reveal to your loyal followers that your dad is dead? Oh my god, did I was I the first one to tell you? <laughs> Dude, no, did no one call? No, you? I just he he wasn't a general. <laughs> I don't. I just don't understand. <laughs> I didn't say general. Oh, general, he's dead. Well, it, it, over Skype, it sounds like you said general. So uh, that's why I was confused. Because I was like, who is the general in this? Speaking of the general, uh, in the, the Buster Keaton book I just read, they go into a long history of Alcoholics Anonymous. They have a whole uh, chapter explaining its origins and how it became popular <laughs> and... Uh, the various methods. It was interesting. It was fascinating. It is. It's an interesting history. It's an old history and it's an outdated history, but it can be interesting for some people who are interested in such things. And I thought you were doing a bit. I thought I was telling you that your dad died for the first time. What? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's good. Uh, You know, and uh, and, uh, Paula's song, His Status is Preferred. It's it's a very fun, smooth, jazzy number. That's like my favorite. Uh... I loved it with subtitles. Like so good, so witty, so tight. Who do you think wrote it? Jazz. Uh, uh, Rachel writes all the lyrics, and then damn, um, she's yeah. so witty, man. All the this lyrics. This one is one of her then, good, uh, good goods. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and and all the the references to various credit cards and and whiskeys and things like that, and um, yeah, she's good. She writes all the lyrics and then goes over to like Adam Schlesinger and the other guy whose name escapes me, and they you know workshop it and they tool it and they put actual music to it. But yeah, she is like the she is the the lyricist. And I'm not uh, gonna say fuck t- Taylor Swift because then our podcast will be canceled. But when you look at Rachel Bloom's discography yeah and you look at taylor swift's they're not too far apart i think sure well i think they are far apart because rachel's fucking blowing her out of the water is what i'm saying like i think i think they're i I think taylor swift canceled ain't shit compared to what rachel bloom is putting out is what i'll say this was a really enjoyable last podcast. This was fun <laughs> until the Swifties came over. Until the Swifties, this is not a Swiftie podcast. Like I, none of the podcasts I have ever done are beloved by Swifties. Just the tone is wrong. The attitude is wrong. I don't use. I don't really say anything. I like Taylor Swift. I don't usually say anything negative about her. Yeah, but, good. Because you can't legally. But my art does not attract Swifties. She is, her legs are insured by $40 million, so you're actually not allowed to say anything about it. I can't it's... cut the legs out from under her. I can't sweep the leg. <laughs> I'm glad I, like, dollars. set that up and you really, you, you really knocked it. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I should do uh, improv again. I didn't have a lot of notes for the second episode. Um, I don't ep- love it. Um, episode eight. Yeah, episode eight, which is, of course, my mom, Greg's mom, and Josh's sweet dance moves, directed by Steven Sushita, written by Rachel Spector and Audrey Wachope, uh, in this episode, uh, which aired- I think aired... I'm going- Yes? No, go on. Okay. Which Set aired on- uh, This Christmas episode aired on November 30th, 2015. And uh, in this episode, Rebecca's mom comes to pay a visit. Greg takes Heather to go see his mom at Christmas, and Josh re- joins his high school uh, dance troupe. Let's get this Josh business out of the way, just like real quick. This is some contrived television bullshit, okay? This is a classic TV trope, a trope in media where, like, people... Cat, when you were in high school, was there any past alumni that was described as a legend in any capacity? I have actually heard... Who was not, like, a famous person. I've heard this at other places. Really? But I don't... Yeah, but I don't... I don't experience that i think i experienced like last name privilege because there were like lots of wealthy families that would put their last names on like fields and libraries and whatever so that it whatever kids came up with that name it was sort of like that like oh you're a blank like you're Mm -hmm. a jones you're a well that's different like if someone is in the family i have had that before where it's like ah your brother used to run cross country with us but it never extended to i just mean that was the same that was like the equivalent clout of like if you were if you had one of those last names it was kind of the same of like you're in this like legend like lineage um but no but i've also heard of other alumni and people doing that but it's usually within the working memory of the of the school like it's uh-huh. usually like people who were oldest like or youngest 
middle schoolers when people were seniors. That's kind of that seven year span is pretty much it. Yes. And then but otherwise then it, it's colloquial it through older and younger right? siblings. But, but yeah. then it is gone, right? Yeah. Like it, it, that, yeah. that cultural memory disappears. Whereas Joshua Felix Chan, who is supposed to be like, what, all of these characters are in like their early 30s? Maybe like the very end of their 20s? I think they're supposed to be late 20s. I think okay, Rebecca's supposed to be late 20s, which is weird. Well, Rebecca, like, went to, like, law school. Like, full law school. So I guess she could conceive... And she not only went to full law school and began working as a lawyer, but, like, worked enough as a lawyer to be considered for partner, you know? Which, like, the most conservative estimate is, like, in early 30s. That's like okay. being very generous, you know, to to when someone would be considered for that. There's no way the hip hop club at, <laughs> at at West Covina High remembers some past alumni and could recognize them by face, even yeah. if they choreograph this dance. I you think know what the I mean? only yeah, I think the only example I have is strangely. Ellie Kemper of, of Unbreakable yes. Kenny Schmidt. Her yes. brother did this video that was like early YouTube that made fun of the other private school for being preppy. And I remember that was sort of a legacy so that like he was like two years into college by the time I even like entered middle school or something. Okay. But that's like the closest I have. It was someone who like went viral. I feel like it has to be video related. It can't be like there has to something be that you record. physically had to be there. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and even then, like, I guess Ellie Kemper was probably not famous by the time you were entering middle school. But still, like, not yet, no. that is... Um, she was known for being the blowjob girlfriend, I think. In, like, sometime in middle school, she did, like, a Comedy Central. Oh, where, okay. Where she was like, my hands are like sandpaper or something like that. And she was, like, a Comedy Central darling before she got The Office and then Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. And then, of course, and Bridesmaids, of course, let us not forget. Um, that was the breakout for sure. That was a big breakout because, like, you know, I feel like she didn't really come into the office until like kind of late. Um, when like the first life cycle of the office, I think we were maybe kind of like fading away from it a little bit as like a Steve. culture, and then it came back in a huge, huge way and is bigger than it ever was, and people watch it on an endless loop. Um, but uh, I guess maybe not anymore because it's not on Netflix anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, enough about The Office. There's this episode uh, where we finally, after much um, uh, hullabaloo and setup, we for real meet Rebecca's mom and get to spend time with Naomi, uh, Rebecca's mom. And, um, you know, is interesting. I, You and I are obviously about as Gentile as they come, but there are still, uh, uh, and I feel like a lot of, the specific relationship between uh, Rebecca and Naomi is rooted in uh, uh, Jewish culture, but there is still a lot of this that can be very recognizable. Like when she comes in, the where's the bathroom song, when she blows in and it's like, oh, I was kind of like existing. And then like this, this parent entered the sphere and suddenly it's like, oh, fucking whirlwind. And it's a thousand things. And, and here's criticisms and here's things that they're putting all this shit on you. And then they go away and then they come back and it's another wave. And just like the way that like 
Rebecca's body language throughout the song is just like she just keeps sinking like lower and lower. Her energy is like being sapped out like every second. Um, now it's not quite like my own mom. I love my mom dearly, but you know that is a recognizable sort of feeling. I feel. Mm-hmm. This episode definitely hit the mommy issues for sure, which I think is why I had a hard time staying connected to it because it was because you have no issues with your own mother (laughs) yeah they're slamming Um, the fucking mommy issues button they were fucking they were smashing that button they were turning the mommy issues dial we're like looking back at the audience looking for like feedback it's like you want up we want the mommy issues issues out higher yeah and i think for she also reminds me a lot of my grandmother who is like peak mommy issues like peak like my grandmother was like non-caricature non-caricature version of this 100% like this person Mm. and my grandmother were like pretty much exactly the same if if she was a wasp instead of like a Jewish woman um but similarly it was like all criticism all comparisons all day like non-stop like pick 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 and so yeah when that does come up uh and then I definitely identify as like a mom people pleaser like whoa totally mm-hmm. totally yeah. totally level five bomb pleaser huge 100 percent. yeah i mean i've i've since worked through that but i would say up until uh, a few years ago before i knew that was a thing um full full level five now i would say i'm a level one or two okay great that's probably on a bad day yeah one on a normal day yeah that's good that's a that's 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 showing growth you're really working through it yeah um yeah but this is another like you know, because we've seen Naomi a number of times up to this point in, like, brief flashback sort of sequences. Um, I'm always surprised by how much we see her before she, like, actually appears in the flesh, you know, in the in the current era. But um, this, is a, this is one of these characters from Rebecca's past that we are, like, really... Uh, that they've done a lot of setup on so far. So that when they finally appear, there's all this fucking... We, the audience, have baggage with them as much as Rebecca does as well, you know? Um, cause you have Naomi, her, her dad, um, is, is going to come out. Audra Levine. They are sowing so many seeds of Audra Levine. It is Levine. weird. Yeah. It is weird building up to this character that we have no like face for yet. And I don't know why they did it that way. For, it for is kind Audra? Of, yeah. I think it's weird as like a audience member to have no like face attached to a character like that. Yeah, we're about to. We're close to getting, spoilers for you in the audience, this character that they've mentioned like 14 times will appear um, at a certain point. And we're very close to getting a, a, a put in a face to a name. But yeah, she's she's being set up. It's It feels like the way you would set up like a villain in a fantasy or sci-fi sort of thing where like everyone is speaking in like hushed yeah. tones yeah. about like Golthrax. And yeah. like, oh, then when Golthrax finally appears, it's like this big bit. We know what Golthrax is going to bring to the table. You know, they've been spoken in, in such such hushed tones. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly like that, but it doesn't give the same vibe. So I just yeah. don't. It's a lot like they how could've... they set up Lady Hellbender in the Guardians of the Galaxy video game. Anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted you. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. Um, wait, so Greg and Heather kiss. Yeah. What do we think about that? Um, it's interesting. It does sort of feel like I don't know, we got these two characters that are here 
and we need something to do with them when they are out of Rebecca's immediate uh, path of destruction. So putting them together, I don't know. It's 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 I I like to see where it goes. You know what I mean? Like this, it kind of makes sense. They're both sort of um, uh, burnout is not the right term, but they're both sort of like. Uh, uh, sarcastic, rebellious. They don't really enjoy most of polite society or most people. It makes a certain amount of sense to to stick them together, despite uh, that age gap. Yeah, stoner and an alcoholic. Yeah, and a the, perfect duo, gap. Sid and Nancy. <laughs> and they don't even reference the age gap, and I've been thinking about that a lot recently. Where it's like people don't even acknowledge when it's like a dude and a younger. Like sometimes they don't even mention it. But if this was like if this was the same age gap between a woman and uh, a young dude, they would they would 100% have to acknowledge it. And I think yeah. that's weird. Absolutely. The default way that we live our society is very strange. It's very, <laughs> it's very odd. I have questions about it. Yeah, big picture. I the didn't things like, we accept. I didn't like the California Christmas song. I can't remember liking any song in this. I like Where's the Bathroom as a functional piece. It's like a sure. good, it tells you everything you need to know about this character and their relationship and what to expect. But I never just like put this one on. <laughs> I never just like, I never throw this one on Spotify and just like listen to Where's the Bathroom. It's a very <laughs> stressful sort of song to listen to. Uh, California Christmas Time is the closest this show has come so far to feeling like oh, they accidentally put a YouTube video on the show. This feels like it could have been a viral YouTube video, but it's on I, the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah, it was It was weird because, like, the songs, episode seven, I thought were, like, so well-written. Yeah. Um, and then to go from that to... The song was weird. Just, like, it was, like, about, like, skin cancer. And it wasn't really... I don't know. It was. It was weird. It feels like one that 2000s Weird Al would have cut from the album. It would have been yeah, like exactly. a song where like it, it got, it's like we, we get the joke, you know, it's not Christmas the way you know it. It's, it's a California Christmas and the elf is Vietnamese and the Santa is an out of work stunt man. Um, Something I did like about it, honestly, and it just like eh, just wins me over. When they're all dancing together at the end, it I do I do I'm just like, oh wow, look at all these people and they're making this show and they're having a nice mm-hmm. time. They're doing their dance for their song that they made. That I is wanted very that nice moment. to me in a minute. Yeah. Sense. I wanted that moment but in a better song, in a better place. Oh, I for was sure. like I was frustrated where I was like, This is such a big set number and yet mm-hmm. and like <laughs> Yeah, there was the. Uh, I don't know. There's the I don't stage. know why it flopped. I feel yeah. bad. No, I like feel I... guilty for feeling it. You know, I'm like Rebecca, Rachel. I, I know. I'm sorry that I don't. I'm sorry. I don't like this one. They can't all hit. There's so many songs. You know, they can't all be fucking out of the park homers. You know, sometimes you 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 hit a single, or sometimes you even strike out. And and this wasn't isn't like a full strikeout for me because like whatever cast is fun there's like a couple of interesting jokes but it's like lol california uh this state i've never been to um so i can't even appreciate it as like a oh yeah i know what la is like <laughs> oh they have eggnog froyo feels like 
feels like a right winger made this. It, feel, it feels like the Daily Wire produced this video, but they took the same song and did it unironically. Interesting. Yeah, I spent Christmas in California this year, and that might also be why I thought it was a flop, because I was like, no, I've experienced it, and yeah, it's weird, but not, not, it's a different, this is like not the way. Elves <laughs> there can are be other Vietnamese things. anywhere. That's not a California thing. Yeah. I believe in equality. Elves can be Vietnamese wherever they want to be. Totally. Yeah. Santas another... can be stoned across this great nation. It doesn't have to be in California. I assume most Santas are stoned. I have noticed there's a lot of, like, weird takes on people's race in this show all the time. There's it just stops. like weird, like that the references happening. to yeah. people's race where it's not necessary happens yeah. at random all the time. And I'm like, why are we even, who cares? Why do you care? Like what? Unless, un- I don't. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. It's, it's, it's a very, it feels sort of of its time, not like from a different time, but that, you know, and I, <sighs> Every show I end up doing a podcast about does this a lot in its early seasons. So I don't know what it is about, like, comedy shows that they have to, like, work this <laughs> this pointing out race thing off of their back <laughs> in their first season. But but Community had it as well. And uh, but we're we're about to move out of that um, and 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 move into to other pastures um, as we focus on different aspects of this world that we all live on totally do you want to rank the songs i don't have anything else to say about this episode yeah it's what did uh, you think of the button yeah what was the button on this one i don't don't remember remember. that's why yeah they also stopped doing buttons that's a that's a facet of this show that is about to go by the wayside i assume really scheduled budgetary reasons they did one um the episode before i know this it's a uh consistency of the show currently it will Mm. not continue past the first season it might even stop during the first season um it's just something they stop doing at a certain point gotcha okay just brace yourself all right um so we are here on the ranking sheet uh that stresses cat out so much and uh the first song on the docket is our sexy french depression my bosom heaves with sighs my bed smells like a tampon I'm in a sexy French depression. I do remember it more than sexy getting ready song, so it is my number two. Okay. You just like it because it has sexy in the title. I'm noticing a theme, yeah. Yeah, I'm noticing but I didn't, a big, big t- theme. Sex with a stranger is ten, so. Mm, that's true. Throwing off the throwing off the, the average here. Uh, for me, this one's going to be closer to, like, ten. Or I could go up to, like, eight on my own personal ranking of sexy French depression. Uh, it's funny. There's some fun jokes, but I'm like, yeah, I got it. Some decent, like black and white photography that I like. Um, for you, it's number two. So in terms of, I remember it so well, mm -hmm. made an impression. It did. It's sexy French impression. It, I mean, if we average it together, that would be five. Do you think that would, I think it's, I think it's seven. Seven. Okay, sure. After yeah. I Give Good Parent, which we were also yeah. uh, very high on last time. Oh, no, it doesn't automatically update the numbers on the Google Doc. 
I'm in hell. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'll deal with that later. All right. Now, new number seven. Sexy French Depression. Um, then his status is preferred. Another Paul Ooh, that's number. high. That's you like high that one? for me. Yeah. What's the highest you'll go? What's the highest I'll go? Yeah. Six. What even was What'll It Be? Uh, that was Greg's piano song on Thanksgiving. His his piano man, his Billy Joel. You don't like the Greg ones. Not usually. And I love He the can Greg surprise ones. me. You don't like Santino Fontana crooning over a piano? Next to Donalyn Champlin crooning about Cedric Yarborough. It can be six. It can be six. We can go up to five. No, it can be six. Okay. Six. Sixy French Depression. Um, no, also no, no, the, not sexy French depression. I know, 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 I know. I was just refusing to drop a bit, even though we weren't talking about it anymore. Um, his status is preferred. Uh, great. Also, these uh, numbers are about to be uh, chaos. Uh, moving on to the next episode. Where's the bathroom? Where's the bathroom? This one will not be particularly high for me. Twelve. Though I don't know what the numbers are anymore. But yeah, but I know what you mean when you say 12. Because after you mean, I have friends. But above, I'm so good at yoga. Yeah, because there isn't anything Perfect. Yeah, actually upsetting about it that I can remember. <laughs> or pedophilic, which is which is what it is, it is above. It is, yeah. it, 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 it is uh, the third to last ranking, not by virtue of itself, but by virtue of it's not racist or pedophilic. Yeah, but it, uh-huh. it gives me the same anxiety. So, but honestly, California Christmas time is about to go right underneath it, in my personal opinion. Yeah, this is not a good episode for music. No, okay. I hope she's okay. I hope she was okay during this. Maybe she was just like working through some mommy stuff, and it was harder to be inspired, which I get. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, it could be. You know, conceptually, I think the song the song works in context. It's just it's not a bop or a banger separate of context divorcing it from context does it no favors um again they cannot all be all-star winners california christmas time honestly feels like i had an idea for a youtube video i never did and i'm out of time let's put it on the show (laughs) i got it we need another one what did you think about greg's mom that whole plot with the kids could have used a song that's true could have used uh greg singing about mommy issues that would have been something Maybe Santino said no. Maybe Santino Maybe. said this far no further. Um, did you? What did you think of the dynamics? Uh, of that, that was an interesting sort of um, plot line. The abandonment thing. It feels a little underbaked, and it ends up being a little sitcommy where it's just like characters say everything out loud. You know, it's yeah. like. I feel abandoned. And she's like, oh, I don't want you to feel abandoned. I should have fought harder for custody. And it's like, well, that's the end of that. We're never going to see Greg's mom again. <laughs> that's the end of that plot line. Because <laughs> um, we never see Greg's mom again, to my uh, recollection. Do not, listeners, do not get attached to Greg's mom. It will make you weak and you will resent its absence. Oh, like they just never come back to it or do you think she'll well no spoilers i don't don't know it just it literally never comes up again like greg's Greg's dad will appear several more times throughout the rest of the show greg's mom 
end of se- period end of sentence i think they like it's an interesting perspective on this character who you know he's such a misanthrope and you know oh his mom is actually very loving that's a move actually that the show will pull again <laughs> at a certain point it just it doesn't i forgot i forgot to even talk about it because like it's just nothing it does get greg and heather together but you know he goes and she seems nicer and she seems to be living a good life and he resents that which is interesting you know that like oh she had such a good life after she left me and stopped paying attention to me and left my dad um i don't know it's not that well i think i think it was like you know he's working class he can't go to whatever because uh because his dad is sick she left him with his dad Mm mm-hmm like, there's a lot there. And also kind of, I guess, adds context to why he, our favorite thing, like, you're pretty and you're smart and you're ignoring me, so you're my type. So you're obviously my type. Wait, oh, yeah. it's, it's, oh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a little, uh, Oedipal, you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little, well, not, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's the right Greek tragedy. Going back to yeah. our Greek tragedy theme for, for this episode. Yeah. And then, like... Wow, there's been 17 she... songs so far on this show. Wow. They can't all be winners, mathematically. They're, yeah, yeah, this was going to happen. I think in eight episodes, having 13 good songs is an accomplishment. Sure, yeah. Anyway, I sorry. do too. Those are good. That's a good ratio. Mm-hmm. If I could write 17 songs in eight episodes and 13 of them were good, I would. I'd take that money all the way to the bank. <laughs> I'd feel pretty totally. good about that. Um, totally. And my failures would not haunt me at all. <laughs> Never. Why do you ask? Uh, perfect. Great. Um, yeah. No, it's the, the Greg's mom stuff. It's not not interesting. I'm not, like, bored. I'm not, like, ugh. But, yeah, it just never really comes up again. It's kind of an interesting flash of this character and their history and and the 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 resentment and their their various you know monkeys on their back that they're bringing to to this world um but yeah you're smart and you're pretty and you're ignoring me so you're obviously my type chip on your shoulder and the room goes colder the chance you've been given you gotta be driven as hell okay wait same universe that character in Legally Blonde the Musical uh-huh. and Greg. Who I, who I also imprinted on when I saw a production of Legally Blonde the Musical. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me that I latch on to these, like, ugh, these working class Joes who are in love with these, like, pretty upper crust lawyer women. Like, what the fuck is wrong with me that Whoa, this is what I'm true. glomming on to? I, I want that for you. I, I hope you end up with a, a bimbo lawyer. <laughs> That, yeah, I a boy can dream. Boy can dream of coming home every night to his bimbo lawyer. You deserve I would, that. You, I would you love to, to be, be a, a content boy in your own little yeah, man cave. Is actually exactly. like the little nerdy studio. I'm a you kept man of a yeah. of a of a attractive lawyer woman. I uh, fix her meals. I make my art in my free time. We don't really need to worry about money because, again, she is an attractive bimbo lawyer. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I don't know. If you're an attractive bimbo lawyer in the general New York area or even in New Jersey, I'll commute. You know? Um, and I mean bimbo in, like, the affirmative way. Absolutely. Obviously. No, no, no. Yeah. Not a dismissive way. In a, in, a, in, a, in a kind way as a compliment. Actually, um, even, like, if there's any, like, Yonkers, White Plain, Hudson... 
Westchester. Like, I think you could really scoop Kevin Geek up skill. for that and just yeah. and just like get Kevin like a good like Metro North situation. Yeah, I would but, love a Metro North situation. Yeah, and just like get him all set up there. I I would love that. Also, if you, I think I could see you all on like field, like doing your little like fun threesome, random like bringing in people like i don't think this would be like a closed marriage situation i think this would be pretty like sure yeah if you want to if you want to fuck other people and i'll be a kept man and i'll cook meals you know whatever i love that i love this pitch sounds great for me let's manifest this put it out there into the ether yeah i think you deserve it thank you thank you you're like a disney princess who's been waiting like your whole life for like this to happen for my prince yeah yeah and your prince is a hot bimbo lawyer again living the dream manifesting making it happen (laughs) let's make it work now i'm like obsessed with this concept i had this with my friend john where i was like oh i really want you to have this like specific art girlfriend at the time it was like very zoe deschanel oh yeah well you know that was a specific time for for culture for america for the world yeah as we reach the end of our uh, bimbo lawyer journey, is there any plugs? Anything you got? Anything you want people to know about? Um, I am It is at... early July when this airs, by the way. <laughs> okay. I am at Cat Scott Online. I am six hours ahead of Eastern Time right now. I am in London, probably. Whoa. Um, and I hopefully am in a different place in my life than currently stuck with covid hopefully this is just nostalgic to listen to this i hope you don't have covid forever yeah hopefully i made it to london safely and i'm making cool teacher friends and i'm seeing awesome shows and yeah i hope i hope i meet some really interesting maybe have a little romantic tryst this isn't a plug this is me manifesting what i'm doing in london right now um, if you're in London, uh, come find me at Cat Scott Online, and we'll become friends. And if you know any coffee shops, I am working on a coffee shop related thesis. So anywhere you love your coffee shop and it's queer friendly, let me know. Hit them up. I'm on TikTok, but it's not it's not working. Maybe I'm viral by now. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, you are viral right now. The coronavirus. <laughs> that got me. Great. Perfect. Then my job here is done. Uh, anyway, if you like me, check out that joke I just made about the novel coronavirus. Um, by the time you're listening to this, uh, my webcomic that I have sold several pages of, Patty Plague Doc, should be back in a somewhat weekly uh, capacity. I plan on drawing some more tomorrow uh, as a break from my journaling exercise about my dad. I don't have anything else going on tomorrow. <laughs> so so maybe I should go to my uh, this comedy show tonight so that I have left my room this weekend. That would be, I think, maybe good for me. <laughs> maybe that would be a great idea. Um, yeah, so uh, look forward to that. Patty Plague Doc, P-A-T-T-Y on instagram and there's a thread on twitter tv's kevin lanigan is me on all the stuff uh you know i plan on posting more thirst traps soon um you know really start start trying uh luring in some of these fish it's gonna be great and actually fists don't need thirst traps because they 
are in the water water. already. They are anything but thirsty. If Um, you know the dating apps for lawyers, uh, feel free to send it in the comments. Yeah, please drop drop a line. I am very reachable. My DMs are open if you are a bimbo lawyer uh shoot your shot you know i'll say i say go for it i uh love to cook um i uh love to eat pussy those are two things about me so uh you know what you could do worse is what i'm saying you do lick you do lick in I a do way lick, that unlike paula's husband scott um yeah. i do take care of business every day and um yeah so that's that's fun that's fun that's fun about me uh, we'll <laughs> kevin be- eats pussy so do I, by the way. Yeah. So I do, do I. I've, should I, anybody yeah, should need anyone to have that need met? Need that information. Uh, to make I won't have COVID, probably. About their life. Probably. Yeah. Uh, do you think you'll have COVID next weekend? Is that how? When did you get COVID? No, I'm, I should be liberated on Wednesday. I actually got COVID by eating pussy, which is hilarious to me. Wow. It's um, transmittable through the pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it is funny that I had like a dry, sad spell and then I finally got laid and it gave me COVID. Um, but, (laughs) um, also another thing that I think that listeners will find fun. I love talking about my dating life on this pod. Um, yeah, you do. As you were speaking, you specifically requested we hit record so you could talk about your dating life and it took us this long (laughs) to get back. Well, yeah, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but, um, a crush called approximately three or four minutes ago. Oh my god, you gotta go! I, I no no, but then they texted me. Um, so sorry, I just pocket dialed you. LOL. No. And I just responded, I was so excited. I'm gonna call you back. And they said, Ha ha ha! No, I'm at a baby shower. Can you believe that? And I said, You're famously in your 30s, though. Is it your baby? So I think this I'm is funny, very flirty. This is a very flirty back and forth. It's flirty despite that this crush clearly pocket like said that they pocket dialed me and I was so excited to answer them and I'm like, I don't care. I'm gonna You don't care. I don't care. I have COVID. I'm I'm gonna fuck around and be silly. Um I hope to experiment on socials throughout if it's July, I hope that I've succeeded in like trying sweat <laughs> switch trying to Swi <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Try, trying twit. I'm clearly something's on the brain. Trying Twitch, trying TikTok, trying Twitter. Um, I'm trying. Hopefully, I'm employed. Hopefully, I have more than two hundred dollars in my bank. Hopefully, Kevin and I have both found lawyers. Yeah, <sighs> I love that for us. Could be, you know, you never know until you're manifesting. You never know. Um, yeah. So we'll be back next month. So funny. Uh, as oh wow things are really going to heat up on the television show crazy ex-girlfriend across our next two episodes things are about to get fucking for real hell yeah so until then cat don't die please you just too. live forever better help that was my rex harrison cover of the song i made up earlier <laughs> that fucker couldn't sing better help squarespace squarespace uh blue chew um hello fresh what are other hello things fresh. advertised on podcasts uh yeah, mattresses uh mattress the mattress thing is really come and gone i love i listen to too many podcasts and i love charting the advertising spikes and falls totally. of various companies and and Bombus. trends 
Um, mm-hmm. I love when it's like, okay, now we're doing like razors. Now we're doing like mail order services for men's razors. That's the new hotness. And then like we move on. And it's like, oh, okay, now we're into like male performance enhancement sort of era of, of podcast advertising. And uh, I can't wait for the next crest. I want to see what it is. I want to see what weird shit we're going to get. Therapy, hopefully. Yes. Or dating services for lawyers. He's discerning. He's refined, eats French cheeses, drinks French wine. He travels all the time, and at the airport cuts the line. And when he checks his leather luggage, no extra charges are incurred. Cause he's elite, he's silver elite, executive silver elite. His studies is preferred. Fine hotels are where he stays The kind with grand breakfast buffets And a chef who can make omelets A variety of ways And they don't stick him in some regular room No, that would be absurd He gets a suite A two-room executive suite An executive city view suite With a second TV And 400 thread count sheets Because His status is Preferred Oh, can't you see He's got premier access to me My whole life I've been stuck in Economy and fly just a bit more frequently ah his wrist a gold wristwatch on his lips a blended scotch and i have to stop my eyes from drifting downwards towards his crotch i can peek but i have to be discreet cause he's filet mignon not just so piece of me Sophisticated, elegant, elite, in a word, he's preferred.